Robotic dresses. Have you heard about this term before? Why even bother to invent one? How do brain-computer interfaces relate here? And how collaboration between an entrepreneur and an artist designer led to the first wireless EEG system to hit the market? Are you ready to explore some tech and art? Let's start. We are being told to choose between the left and right brain, between studying art and engineering, between creative and analytical thinking, Our society tells us that art and business are not connected. But what if society is wrong? What if it misleading us? The good news is that understanding what art is can bring us to a new revelation. Art does matter in innovation, technology and entrepreneurship. And with the help of this podcast and its guests, you as well will learn that art is not an object. Art is a mindset. You are listening to the Artian Podcast with me, Nir Hindi. Hey podcast listeners, thanks for coming back. My name is Nir and I'm the founder of The Artian, a creative consultancy and training company that applies an art mindset in business environment. Why, you may ask? Today's conversation will demonstrate why. How much can we discover if artists and engineers work together? I was looking for this conversation with Anouk Wiprecht and Christoph Guger because their collaboration has been successfully working for more than six years. It is an excellent example of the endless potential for innovation when art and design are combined with engineering and technology. Viv Precht is working in the emerging field of fashion tech, a rare combination of fashion design combined with engineering, robotics, science, and interaction user experience design to make fashion an experience that transcends mere appearances. Guger is the founder and CEO of GTEC, a company that develops and produces high-end brain-computer interfaces and biosignal processing hardware and software. Together, they created exciting projects. Hey, Anouk. Hey, Christoph. Welcome to the Artian Podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation. Maybe before we even dive into our conversation, maybe you can introduce yourself quickly. Yeah, for sure. My name is Anouk Wiprechts. I'm a Dutch fashion tech designer. I live in the United States and for the last 20 years I've been creating uh, yeah, sort of robotic dresses and uh, dresses that have like sensors built into them and that uh, react either to the body through body signals or to the world around them sort of, you know. So these uh, dresses are fully uh, equipped with all kinds of cool electronics and uh, yeah, mostly 3D printed. Great. I'm already interested to hear what is robotic dresses. Christoph, maybe you can tell us briefly about yourself. Hello, I'm Christoph Guger. I'm here based in Austria and I work for a company called GTEC Medical Engineering. So my company is producing brain-computer interfaces and biosignal amplifiers. And this allows us to do different neuroscience experiments and to use it for different biomedical engineering projects. And that's the reason why they are used in so many universities and hospitals, but also in the industry, to realize different brain-computer interface experiments. And we use it also very often for medical experiments or medical treatments. So we can use it, for example, for stroke patients to improve motor functions and spasticity, or also for coma patients to communicate with them so they can answer yes and no to questions by using the brain-computer interface. It's already sounds like a great beginning for the conversation, robotic dresses, and then hearing everything you do uh, with technology. And the reason that I actually wanted to speak with both of you is that 
you managed to build a successful relationship between you, Anouk, as the artist and designer, and Christophe as the entrepreneur and technologist. Now, what I'm always interested in is that how even these relationships kind of forms. And one of the things that I'm interested, Anouk, to hear from you maybe is that what was your area of interest? How did you actually came up to think about those robotic dresses? Um, well, the robotic dresses, I think fashion is very expressive, sort of, you know, something that can really express us, uh, something that can uh, communicate something sometimes very private from us, uh, or maybe something culturally, or uh, like religious, even like people use garments to express different uh, parts of their identity, right, of their culture, and also of their emotions. But I think uh, the garments that we are wearing, they are analog. They're not doing anything for us to really express. So I can wear an, an very happy dress in the morning, go out on the streets and be very happy, you know. But in the afternoon, I might be, might be really tired and I'm still wearing that very happy dress, right? So the, the clothing that we are wearing currently, they are not uh, living with us. Uh, they are not really reacting to our emotions. And that's something that I'm interested in. You have this interest. And then how did you end up finding Christophe? I was doing an artist in residency at um, Ars Electronica, which is a really big uh, center for uh, sort of new media and um, experimental technologies in Linz. And um, I told them that I wanted to work uh, with brain signals and get into that sort of. And they told me that they knew this company, which is really cool, called GTEC. And it was near to uh, Ars Electronica, near to Linz. So actually, Claudia Schnuck, uh, she was one of the persons responsible for the Artists in Residency program at um, Ars Electronica. Uh, she introduced me to Christoph. And uh, yeah, Christoph came over and we sat together. And of course, there needs to be like some kind of uh, connection and I think what I understood from there on like Christoph was already known with sort of the experimental nature of um, Ars Electronica and this is basically how we got in contact and Christoph could tell me a lot about uh, sort of the neuroscience background on uh, neurotechnology on possibly what like waves to use in order to detect the things that I wanted to detect in Aging Unicorn that was focused so he showed me the P300 wave the P3 wave and and all of that stuff so that was a very helpful uh, first discussion and then we went on yeah doing of course other projects as well Obviously, you have to be an open-minded technologist, entrepreneur to kind of jump into discussion with artists and designers. And before I even ask you about what you thought when you heard this project, did you have a passion or interest in the art be before? I mean, how did you end up working with artists and designers? So we started already 20 years ago to work with artists and designers and to do exhibitions. So brain-computer interface neurotechnology is fascinating and people like it. And that was the reason that we started very early on to show it at different exhibitions and conferences. And then, of course, Ars Electronica is very close to us and they, they are huge. They have also the Ars Electronica Festival and the museum. So we made it also into the permanent exhibition and people can just stop by and test or use brain-computer interfaces there. And then when Anouk appeared, it gave it a very stylish touch. It's a very interesting neuroscience application. So she had this unicorn, agent unicorn project where she mounted a camera in the horn and we hooked up together with her the brain-computer interface in order to analyze the brain waves of children while they're experiencing something and this triggered, for example, the video recording. And this is just a perfect project for Ars Electronica or the Ars Electronica Festival 
because they always want to see the combination of art with uh, technology. And newer technology especially is, is just very new and innovative and fascinating. And that's the reason why we are now for many, many years in the exhibition and showing different projects with different artists all the time. I'm interested to ask you maybe, Christoph, because you said you have already been working with artists and designers for 20 years. And I'm interested, what intrigued you 20 years ago to work with artists and designers? What is it about this profile of the creatives that you thought worth putting the time, effort and resources? Yeah, we are here in, at GTech, we have a lot of engineers, you know, electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, and so on, programmers, and they, they build these hardware and software components. But you also have to show it to the general public to make them aware about brain-computer interface technology. 20 years ago, nobody had an idea what BCIs are. Nowadays, you know, it's all around in the media. Everybody knows it, but 20 years ago, BCI was, was just new. There were basically three labs worldwide working on the technology. And one of these labs was in Graz, where I was doing my PhD. And our first exhibition was, for example, in Graz for one year. And we just allowed visitors of the exhibition to sit down, use the brain-computer interface to control a train, and you could move the train with your brain waves. And the media, TV stations, radio stations, journals got very interested. Everybody wanted to try it out, and this triggered all the future exhibitions that we did. So you have this idea, Anouk, and I want to hear more about this project because I think, if I'm not mistaken, the first project you collaborated was the Agent Unicorn Helmet? Correct. What is this project? What you were even trying to achieve in this project? What I wanted to do was create a yeah, brain-computer interface for children, uh, which would allow to uh, record their focus state. And when the focus state was uh, being triggered, the little camera in front of the design would go on and it would record uh, whatever was happening around them, basically. And for me, it was the, the notion of creating this uh, like little computer on their heads that they could work with. I think a lot of like uh, of the ADHD gets resolved currently by the pharmaceutical industry by medication. But I wanted to create uh, basically an, a little headset that would allow for these kids uh, their uh, brain signals to be measured, and then also um, yeah have this device to be something instead of numping out the child using medication actually have a device that could help them understand how their brain works. Before this experience with GTEC, uh, did you work with uh, other technology companies on a longer term like you, you do with the GTEC? Um, I worked with uh, some of the commercially available at that time, uh, like sort of brain-computer interfaces, but... That was like around 2013. Um, I'm not going to name any of the brand names, but for me, it was more about EMG. So it's about muscle contraction. Mostly it was a one single uh, sensor on the front of the head that they say it's, it's recording brain signals, but it's, it's more for me, EMG, muscle contraction. So they look more at how the muscle of the forehead behaves or the eyes, how, they, uh, how the eyes react to that. For me, that was never... Yeah, about medical uh, measurement of the brain. For me, it was more about muscle, you know, in the frontal part of the face. So this is why I was interested in working with real brain signals in where you really measure the yeah the brain instead of uh, muscle contractions in the forehead, right? And um, that is that was at that time uh, definitely the problem that most of these proclaimed 
brain-computer interfaces were doing, uh, yeah, sort of more reading of the brain, they said, well, that was not necessarily true. So I was, I wanted to work with like real data, basically, and that's how I got to GTEC. And this work with uh, GTEC, you actually worked with the engineers, right? Like with a developing team, I guess, Christophe, you were the, the person that worked with you, Anouk, uh, kind of hand-to-hand. I'm interested, how was the experience working you as a designer with engineers? And then I'll be happy to hear how it feels from your side, Christophe. Uh, yeah, for me, it was good because it allowed me for me to create the design. It was a three-month project, I think even two months on the, the functional design. So it, it, it's really fast, these projects, right? I was able to create basically the design, uh, integrate. Um, in the, the prototype had like a Raspberry Pi and the, the Raspberry Pi camera in there that we then connected to uh, basically sort of the, the end that Christoph and his team, I think Martin was involved um, and all of that stuff uh, that they were uh, creating from their side. And then we could basically connect everything together and basically start to test it sort of, you know. So, and that actually became later on, it became the Unicorn BI, which you can also find on uh, the website of GTEC. So unicornstripebi.com. And it's actually also an, a little module um, and it's a BCI that Christoph and his team brought out that we do like hackathons with and you can uh, you can buy it and you can use it yourself so it's actually uh, really interesting and it's what i say other than the commercial devices often making these things not necessarily yeah brain related like this is really a sort of a medical grade bci that you can really uh, use for artists and developers and engineers so that's really interesting basically the outcome of that So I have a question over here because I'm trying to kind of tap into the collaborative process. So obviously it was a collaborative process. You came up with design and then uh, Christophe and his team actually a developer or in a second, Christophe, you will explain how it looks from your side. And what I'm interested maybe to hear now, Christophe, is that, you know, we often tend to think about artists and designers as people that relate to imagination and the intuition and the creativity. And the world of engineering and technology is the more, uh, I would say, the details-oriented, down-to-earth, kind of analytical. And I wonder how you actually maybe create a bridge between those maybe just misconception of two, those two uh, ways of thinking, between the artist and designer to the engineer uh, developer. For us, it's, of course, an engineering problem, even if Anouk is on board, so she does a very important role in the whole development process. So I'm personally not doing much except of coordination. So I need a, a lot of other guys who are experts. So I have a team, for example, working on the EEG electrodes. And when Anouk came in, we developed these dry electrodes so that you can easily mount the EEG electrodes. Uh, that's a very important aspect if you want to show brain-computer interfaces to the public. Then we were able to develop a wireless EEG system. So this was the first wireless system on the market at all. This means the, the whole system is sitting on the head, and it was just much smaller than anything before. And this triggered also a lot of new opportunities of, of what we can do together. And then I need, of course, the electrical engineers developing all the electronic parts. I needed Martin and Leo for doing the software interfacing to, to the uh, processor board and to the camera. And I need signal processing guys who are extracting information from the EEG data so that you can actually interpret it. And my role is just to coordinate and bring everybody together. And with Anouk, we have the unique opportunity to create very nice showcases for the public. 
which are much better looking than normal medical devices. You know, medical devices must be functional, but for exhibitions, you need something very special. And this is something that we can do very effectively with Anuk. And, and after the Agent Unicorn project, we were even able to come up with this unicorn brain interface for the makerspace because Anuk brought us into the makerspace. So now we are providing brain computer interface interfaces for the, for the general developing community. And this triggers again a lot of new projects because now they can just use BCI technology without having much knowledge about biosignal amplifiers or electrodes or signal processing that's all included and you can just use it. So wait, you said something very important that immediately intrigued my interest. Correct me if I'm wrong. From this collaboration and work with Anouk, you actually were able to develop, I don't know if to call it component or device that you just said was the first one in the market. Is that correct? Almost. So we had a wireless prototype beforehand, which was used for medical applications and research, but it was just too complicated and much too expensive. And together with Anouk, we we had the development idea to make it much cheaper, smaller, much easier to use. And now you basically can switch on the brain-computer interface and it gives you the data. And it's also much, much cheaper than all these medical devices. And this means everybody can can now this uh, buy it because it's affordable and use it for fascinating projects. Amazing. I, mean, I love that. Because uh, Anouk, now I have a question for you because it's very, very interesting what we just heard. Everyone talks these days about human-machine interaction. And over here, I think it's a classic example that we have sophisticated maybe technology that in the prototype phase that uh, GTEC has, and then you come in and you make it simple, easy to use, accessible. And I'm interested to hear from you, what is the role of designers and artists like you in developing and, and improving human-machine interactions? I think, yeah, for me, it has all to do with where technology and design and interaction design and um, this coding and everything comes together, sort of, you know. And I think that's that's important. Like, um, I think Christoph Kuker and GTEC have, yeah, such amazing technologies uh, that can be used for a lot of things, right? Some people can control robots with it. I uh, cre- I can create uh, like robotic dresses with it, sort of, you know. So what is your application? Um, I'm really good at anything around the body and uh, like working with that. But I think... Um, yeah, definitely. I think like an artist can give like a lot of meaning to a product, right? Can uh, give a certain output or sort of an, an image, a visual image. Uh, what can be done? Uh, what can be future visions or future applications of these technologies, right? And I think that is what artists are always uh, really interested in. Why do you think artists are always interested in these things? Um, well, I think one of the things is artists like to, to dream. They like to dream of the future, you know, and uh, definitely anything that has to do with technology um, is, of course, like there's a future in that because the possibilities are endless. The things that we can do right now, we could not do like 50 years ago, right? So even though we live with technology, the new generations are growing up with it. It's still a fairly new field and just possibilities are endless. And I think that really triggers the minds of a lot of artists because we are yeah, dreamers. We don't want to know what we can do now. We want to know what can we do in 50 years or 100 years or 1,000 years, right? And I think that is the possibilities and the imagination that 
technology is really opening up for us, sort of. Great. And Christophe, I'm interested. I mean, you just said that your role was the to coordinate, kind of a conductor, I would say, of a creative project over here. How did the team in your company actually responded to working with the designer and artist? Do you see influence on the on the people? Uh, definitely, it, it adds a lot of motivation to the whole team because the outcome is is nice, beautiful. You know, the media is reacting; everybody likes it. Uh, and otherwise, you are just producing an amplifier. You know, it's it's a box with some electronic inside. So you always need the use case to become useful and and nice, so that people can like it. A biosignal amplifier is just not good enough to motivate people. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm interested if artists kind of bring this type of energy and motivation why in your opinion we don't see more companies actually working with artists on a regular basis because your collaboration is already what like three four years maybe more six years i think yeah six years great so i'm interested to hear from your perspective christophe why we don't see more business owners entrepreneurs technologists that actually working with artists for long period like you too six years already I guess you need a lot of research and development ongoing in the company and not so many companies are investing so much money in R&D. So it's some effort that you have to put in. And, you know, now with Corona or the market situation, it can be difficult to finance projects like that. Then you also have to do it efficiently to bring something quickly to an exhibition. And we have, for example, a portfolio of products around this brain-computer interface stuff, which can vary very rapidly uh, adapted to new applications. So it's more or less made for for things like that. That allows us to react very quickly. If you're a robotic device company, you know, it can be a lot of effort to develop something for an exhibition. It's something very interesting that you are saying because you call it R&D, I will, I will call it innovation. And we hear a lot of companies wanting innovations, but then, you know, you ask yourself, what are the resources and the commitment that goes into that? I think this conversation kind of make me reflect on a lot of things about uh, the business world. If I can say something about that, I think what I know is the only way I often uh, work with companies, uh, sometimes they have the problem like, do we hire this person or what else can we offer? And I'm often like, uh, I'm, I might not have to be with a company for the next 10 years right i might jump on a project with them for three months or half a year or maybe a year or one and a half year so they have the problem uh, like do we hire this person or what is the idea there because there's not really necessarily a structure before offering artists and residencies that companies could do that because you either got hired or you were like a, a weird kind of contractor you know but now with uh, programs like artists and residency programs coming in i'm mostly actually i work with a company and i say like they are like wow anup we would love to hire you but we just don't know how and i'm like well have you heard of artists in residency programs you know you can come in as an artist for three months and then i'm out of it you know we do a project we have a deliverable we create an amazing showcase and then i'm, I'm away so often i think the problem is that the these uh, business structures are not aware of programs like artists and re residency programs that can be uh, implemented in their company. And I'm talking about big companies. Now, Christoph and, and GTEC, they understand this. They understand like the maker world. They understand the artists and residencies. They know Ars Electronica. And uh, because they're also a smaller company, they're more flexible. So that is really cool, you know. So they are able to possibly stir these projects or 
make room for uh, yeah anything like this to happen. And I think personally, what what I would say, I think it's really important to have certain uh, programs like this, sort of, you know. So yeah. I'm very happy that you are mentioning it because that's exactly why I'm recording this podcast with you to actually bring this knowledge to uh, listeners that it is possible to work with artists in a technological and cutting edge projects. So first of all, I'm very happy you mentioned that because you mentioned knowledge, you also mentioned uh, resources. I think it goes uh, for both. The average human brain contains about 86 billion nerve cells called neurons. Neurons communicate with each other by sending chemical and electrical signals. These neurons communicate in unique ways. Uncovering how the human brain sends signals to our body has been for long one of the biggest mysteries in science. There is another project I'm interested in that you are working on it now or you just finish it, the pangolin dress. Yeah, well, it's uh, it's first of all a really uh, cool system. It's basically a new way to detect a really high resolution of, of measuring the brain that uh, GTEC and uh, YKU, Johannes Kepler University, together came up with. So um, they have been creating together sort of these electrodes, and I have one in my hands here. Each uh, circuit board has uh, 16 sensors. And you can repeat that on the head. So in our product, we repeated it uh, times 64. So we have 1024 channels. And the more like sort of, yeah, the more channels you have, the better resolution you have of uh, measuring these signals. So that was a really um, interesting sort of innovation that uh, yeah, Christoph came up with. And basically then they asked me uh, in order to create a design based on, on this new BCI. And what I proposed was to uh, connect each of those 1024 signals to uh, anything happening in the dress. Uh, so in the end, we ended up with a direct connection between uh, yeah, sort of the, the sensor and the dress in where every one of the signals that are coming in uh, either make an LED go up, a change in color, or there's also motors, little motors integrated within the dress, so they make movement. So each of those channels is basically connected to uh, another part of the dress, and then uh, the dress is lightening up and moving based on these signals, sort of, you know. But yeah, the dress, I think, is cool, but the real technology and the real innovation is the, the BCI, sort of the whole sensory array on the head. It's interesting. Let me make sure that I understood. So the first project, the Agent Unicorn Helmet, is that you had an idea and you searched for a technology. Yes. But in this project, Christophe developed a technology and came to you. Yeah what we can do with that. Yes, correct. And that is, I think, the fun thing about collaboration because sometimes I have something in my head and I'm uh, emailing Christoph like, hey, Christoph, is this possible? Can we do this? And he's like, yes, Anouk, or no, Anouk, or me, you know? <laughs> and then sometimes I come up with something and go to Christoph, and sometimes Christoph has something, and he's like, hey, let me check with Anouk if this is interesting for her. And I think that is really about like having fruitful collaborations like that. You are able to just play with each other on that level. And I think that is really important for me um, as a developer and also something that I, that, that I get the most fun out of, you know? of like going on this on this playground together on this road together you go into this little travel together right of what this can be and um yeah in our case we had two very successful projects great i mean i think you already kind of answered the next question that i have but i want to hear christophe uh, opinion christophe i wonder what makes this relationship successful there was 
even one step in between the ancient unicorn and the Bengalin dress. So based on the first project, we started actually to, the, uh, to do brain-computer interface hackathons and we developed the Brainio series. So in this case, uh, programmers, designers, artists and just interested people are meeting for two days. And we organized our first hackathon at Aso Electronica Festival and we got around 100 people attending and really designing their own brain-computer interfaces. And we also had 3D printers and uh, people from the art school using sewing machines to design really good-looking and, and different EEG headsets. Normally EEG electrodes are mounted with caps. They're not very innovative. And during the Ars Electronica hackathon, they came really up with really very nice ideas. There was also a lady, Katharina Meyerhofer. She came in with a couple of high school students. So they are studying at the design school. And they were also coming with their own sewing machines and designed really good-looking EEG caps during the hackathon. And there was one lady in the group who designed a cap that had scales on it. And this looked a little bit like a pangolin. This is actually where the idea is coming from to develop the pangolin dress. And in the neuroscience community, we have the problem with the spatial resolution of EEG electrodes. So normally they are spaced from each other 2.5 centimeters, so about one inch. And this gives us a certain resolution what the brain-computer interface can detect. So with standard EEG, we can, for example, figure out if a person imagines a left-hand movement or a right-hand movement, but we cannot decode single fingers from each other. And for that reason, our development team thought about the solution. Uh, so we needed a much higher density of EEG sensors on the head to be able to decode uh, pinky finger movement from index finger movement and thumb finger movement and so on. And Anuki is, is just showing the pangolin grid itself. So with this system, we can mount 1024 channels on the human head. The standard is 64 channels. And this is just the first system that allows you to decode single finger movements with non-invasive technology. Normally, you need a neurosurgeon. He would open the scalp, put in the EEG electrodes directly on the cortex to give you this resolution. And with the Bangulin dress, we developed all the technology to do this non-invasively together with Anouk. And we showed it also at Ars Electronica to the general public. Again, you give a kind of a example for successful uh, relationship and collaboration that leads to innovation and new product. And just like you mentioned, being able to identify movement in fingers only with a, a person doing it. And now you found a way to do it with technology. And it brings me back to the question, why this relationship between you and Anouk is successful? How can other technologists, business owners, entrepreneurs can replicate or at least try to build this type of relationship? What makes the relationship from your side, at least, with Anouk so successful? Uh, I know exactly what I get <laughs> if I work with Anouk. And this is because we are working so many years together. I just have to drop an idea. And then we ping pong a little bit and develop it. And if we do something, then we know from the beginning that this will be good. Uh, so nobody is wasting time. So, you know, you're saying something interesting because your whole approach, uh, listening to you, it's very exploratory. But at the same time, you say, I know what I'm getting. And I'm interested how, when you say, I know what I'm getting, but the whole approach is very exploratory. What is this one thing that you know that you are getting? 
You know, people are only good if they do something hard. And Anouk does for 20 years her her dresses and her design style. And this is what she always does. And so I know exactly what she will produce also in future. And we are doing also the same. We develop BCI technology and we want to make it as good as possible. So it's very easy to come up with new ideas. If Anouk would change her style every two years, it would be useless for us. But it's important that somebody is consistent and very good in what he is doing. And Anouk, your thoughts on that? What makes successful relationship? I think what uh, Christoph mentioned, um, I think we both love experiments, but we are also very practical humans, right? If I'm an artist and I'm very disorganized and I might not be as technical and all of that stuff, this might not have worked out. But we are um, both, we have the same mindset and we um, have the same obsession for something, right? We want to make something work. We want to innovate on something. And it's, um, I think it's all about passion and flow and compatible personalities in that in that kind um, working with Christoph for me is really great because he understands the art side he understands the technology side and he also understands um, just anything around it the, the, from the psychology to the fashion element sort of you know so even if fashion is not Christoph's world he knows that we can do something uh, in there and I think that's all about again complementary traits that you have towards each other and that really makes, um, I think, collaborations really work well or be really destructive because it needs to really align sort of with each other. So if I'm working with a company, maybe not everybody in the company is um, like-minded like me, right? But there are some people in that company that have the same mindset sort of. And that's important to to have those people by your side because they understand you 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 speak the same language. If you're not in the same field, you speak the same language and you have the same goals and mindset, sort of. Interesting. Not to be in the same field, but speak the same uh, language. Again, I'm kind of reinforcing this message because often when I speak with business owners and entrepreneurs, technologists that are not familiar with artists, they think it's a totally different language that they cannot comprehend. So I'm, I'm happy you are bringing it uh, up. So I have a question, Anouk, for you, because we kind of played with the words art, design, artist, designer. What is the difference between art and design? That's a good question. Yeah, I think in art, you really just yeah explore the world around you. It might be a little bit more um, statemental. Design is sometimes a little bit more uh, practical. It's very UX based. Uh, it needs to work. It needs to serve a certain uh, purpose, right? It needs to be pretty, pretty practical. Sometimes design is there to create an emotion, but it's not, not the main part. And I think art has as a main part to create or to make people consider certain emotions in a more dramatic way. So I think the design is there definitely to also create an emotion. We can see something beautiful or ugly or, you know, and really enjoy that. But I think the, the main purpose, purpose of art is to, yeah, to create a certain emotion to be considered. And sometimes that can be a very dramatic emotion, right? The artist really wants to awaken something in you while mostly a product designer really wants to make a beautiful product sort of it's a little bit less extreme and a little bit less radical and it's definitely for me it's it's still working on a certain emotion it's just it has different boundaries sort of you know so i think they're very closely related um they are both uh, working with shaking us up creating any kind of innovation they just both do it a little bit different 
You know, I always say that for me, artists kind of formulate questions and designers solve those questions. Kind of moving between those, uh, but everything is around uh, questions. That's for sure. And Christophe, I'm interested to hear maybe your thought. What surprised you when you started to work with artists? Maybe things that you didn't think about artists, and then when you started to work with them, you say, okay, I never thought about artists that way. If I can take you 20 years back. Difficult to say. You know, it's it's mostly the person that you're working with. So people are very distinct. And like for programmers or electrical engineers, it's the same for artists. Uh, sometimes it matches and you, you can really work nicely together and produce something. And sometimes you are losing years and there's no productive outcome at all. So you have to find good people. Uh, which can work productively together and who like each other and and then the outcome is good and this is normal for everything what you're doing in life and it's the same between engineers or artists or designers you you just have to find the people who fit into what you need great Christophe look we are getting into the end of the the podcast and I have one last question that always I'm kind of interested in and I want to ask both of you. And I'm interested, what is the role of the artist in a technological world, in your opinion? That's a good question. I think I come from, uh, for me, it's hard because I come from interaction design. So I have like a technical background. I come from interaction design and robotics before that. Uh, fashion design, couture tailoring sort of, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a really hard um, question to answer. Because for me, it, they, they just go together, you know. It's not that I uh, started with analog kinds of like painting and all of that stuff and then cut into digital culture. For me, it's a very uh, basically symbiotic uh, thing for me. Art and technology should be together because I, I can myself not uh, consider a world without it, right? So for me, it's hard to answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Christophe, I mean, what do you think? What is, in your opinion, the role of the artist in a technological world? That leads to the inspiration that we need as engineers. Otherwise, you know, we would build black boxes and, and nobody would like it or buy it. So our technology is not so, doesn't look like a Ferrari car. It's just a box that you can use. So it's very important to have the artist inspiration or the designer inspiration to make it good looking, attractive so that people really want to have it. Great, great. First of all, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I think uh, your collaboration kind of enforce many of the things that uh, I feel and think about. Know that it's possible to work with artists. At the same time, you also need to dedicate the resources. And I always say that uh, for me, creativity, it's a matter of commitment. And it's in the end all about the network that we have and the people that we get in contact with that create these really amazing collaborations. So I'm just very uh, happy and very, um, yeah, lovingly about all of that. So, yeah. Great. So thank you. Thank you very, very much for uh, joining. Christophe, thank you, uh, Anouk. For sure. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you very much. It was nice. Aren't you excited? After listening to Anouk and Christophe, seeing this beautiful collaboration encourages me to find more ways to connect tech and art, and more importantly, artists, entrepreneurs, and technologists. If you want to know how we can help you form these collaborations, drop me an email at near at 
This type of thinking and working is even more relevant when you think about human-machine interactions. I loved Anouk and Christophe's projects. Not only are they original in thinking, but also because of how they found a way to put technology at the service of humans in a non-invasive way. Special thanks to Claudia Schnuck for introducing us and whom you will meet later this season. Until next time, be creative or encourage someone to be one. Your kid, your friend, your spouse. Have a wonderful week. I will be waiting for you here with another episode of the Artian Podcast. With me, Nir Hindi. We are producing this podcast without any help. So if you find this podcast valuable for you, I will be super grateful if you can help us spread the word by leaving a rating or a review. It takes just less than a minute. Special thanks to Daniel Duran who mixed and mastered this episode. If you're interested in working with us and building your innovation capabilities with artists, I recommend you to check our workshops and training, all available on our website. You can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All our previous shows are available on our website, www.theartian.com slash podcast. We can also be found on our LinkedIn page, Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Yes, we also have TikTok. You can reach us directly via email at podcast at Once again, thanks for listening.